Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Gear QA number 104 on a Saturday. What happened? Why Saturday? Actually, I was out of town all week. Uh, figure I'll give you the updates. I got back last QA night and you know what? I had actually muted that. That's why I was telling you last week, right? You're going to mute them in another screen. I actually muted it in the other screen. It still didn't work. Anyways, uh, what happened? Oh, I didn't get back till uh, I was in California uh, all week. So there was no way to do a show yesterday. In fact, when I said last week, I'll see you on Friday, I spaced it. It was right after the show. I said, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm out of town next week. Uh, so I'm back in town. Got here last night at uh, 2 in the morning, maybe 3 in the morning. So I actually got here today, 3 o'clock in the morning, back in town. So here we are on a Saturday, which is a nice change up, a little change of pace to be on a Saturday. Uh, Mike said, where's Ralph? You know what? I would have asked Ralph to come, but I literally didn't wake up until 11 a.m. this morning obviously getting back at at uh, 3 a.m. was late so i slept in and just didn't get my day situated um so it's just how it is just how it, how it goes the uh week was great but it was hectic what is going on everybody we got some stuff to talk about today i actually got some crazy questions this week i was trying to pay attention to what was going on with the emails and stuff this week uh you know and trying you know whenever i could look at the phone and stuff and i got a bunch of crazy emails from you guys uh and we'll be talking about that today i'm going to hold that back just a little bit because it was a crazy subject um so uh we'll uh we'll get to that in a second as you guys come on there's 247 of us watching now and i saw some questions already or some stuff and we'll we'll uh, hit that as well so uh jason said never fear he's here sweet um Okay, Lefty Mike says, do you think a two notes captor would benefit the Super Champ X2 headroom playing for recording? Thanks. Uh, Lefty Mike, the only way in my experience with the Super Champ X2 to get to need an attenuation of any kind is if you're going to run that amp on the clean side. In other words, not the modeling side, not the rotating knob side. Clean side only, and you crank that thing to 10. You're trying to do essentially what a, um, you know, a, uh, well, you're trying to get that that uh, Princeton kind of thing going on, right? Where you take a small amp with a small 10-inch speaker and you just crank it on 10. Um, when I've done that in the past, I've, I've gotten good tones out of the, the Superchamp X2 with the clean channel. You put the clean channel on 10 and then you back the bass way off, okay? It's called a bass dump and you literally take the bass almost to zero. And uh, you'll get some good crunchy, fendery kind of sounds out of that. I, I don't know what the benefit of putting, you know, obviously the attenuation would help you do that at a lower volume. I, I wouldn't. If you have one and you want to try it, I would do it, but don't buy one. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't buy any attenuation for the Super Champ X2. That's an all-inclusive amp. That thing does everything. So I still think that's one of the best amps on the market for the price, the Super Champ X2. It is a unbeatable product for its price points. And I think they're $400 now for the, the combo, right? So still very realistic for a... Uh, for an amplifier with those features, with that branding and that warranty. And it's a good product. I, like I said, I got nothing but good things to say about it. Next uh, next question. There was a couple pen ones. Let's see. And I actually enjoyed, I thought one of them was cool too. Let's see. The question was from David. It says, hey, Phil, curious what the five hardest guitar repairs you had to do uh, were. 
Uh, I like to use a cheap junker guitar and build some skills. Well, hardest, I, I would definitely say this, uh, perceptionally. In other words, when I started, there was stuff that was just felt impossible. And now I look back and I don't know why it was so hard. Most people, I'll tell you the thing that was hard for me and it's going to be hard for most people is fret work, especially refrets, pulling a fret. Um, because when you pull out frets, it's so... It's a, a little unnerving, right? From pulling physically ripping frets out of out of a, a fretboard, um, which is why I tell people, man, what's great is sometimes it's when you got those junker guitars. Uh, I think everybody should at least if you have a junker guitar. I had a friend uh, uh, that had a guitar once, and he was throwing it away because it was a junker. And I said, hey, before you throw it away, you know what you should do? Pull the frets out. Start pull the nut off. You know what I mean. Start taking apart the guitar, and you'll physically know what it's like to take those components off of a guitar. And that's kind of a nice learning learning lesson there. Um, so definitely pulling and refretting is hard at beginning. I, now I don't look at it as a refret is so hard. I remember when like, I used to only do refrets, like rip out all the frets and refret the guitar. And then after a while, it got to the point where somebody would have like a couple bad frets and then you could yank just a couple out and replace those and crown and level them and stuff. Um, crown and levels were a little tricky at first, right? And not, not you know, when the hard for me, crown and levels weren't the hard part for me. The hard part was getting them back to be glassy smooth. It seemed like that was a, a troublesome thing for me for a while. Um, and then you said five, so that's two. I don't know if I'm going to do all five, but I can at least give you two more. Uh, extensive rewires. Like I work I work on Parker guitars. That that system was a little tricky for me for a while because you have a, uh, the Piazzo system and and, um, and then the magnetic system and it's a lot of stuff. And, and they act up a lot. Those guitars were notoriously, uh, you know, have issues all the time. So I would see them in the shop. I was a Parker dealer and you didn't see very many Parkers. So, of course, brought people brought their Parkers to me. And uh, uh, that was, uh, uh, that's a lot of electronics nightmare. And what else was a hard repair? You know, the hardest repairs for me, and I'll tell you the hardest, the last one, I know it's only four out of the five, but the, the hardest thing for me is finish work because I don't do finish work. I've learned all the little tricks you can do with finish work, but you know, I'm just not into doing paint finish work. It's not something I, I enjoy doing. Uh, and so, and I happen to be lucky enough to know a couple of good friends who are really amazing uh, refinishers and painters. So I just let them do it. <laughs> so if I have to do repairs, I'll do the repair and then I'll have to do them to the finish work. They don't, they don't seem to mind it. And, uh, and the, uh, and then uh, since I didn't do five, I'll do the, the other ones. It's not hard, but I'll tell you the thing I hate the most, cutting pick guards. When you cut a pick guard, it's pretty hard because it makes a mess. It's just a horrible mess. Uh, the plastic goes everywhere. It sticks to everything. Um, it's just a mess. Okay. And we'll go to a non-pin question. There's a couple of both. <laughs> Ken says, what's the what's the day count on the GNL guitar? I don't know. We're not going to do it by day. Uh, we'll do it by month, you know, right? Uh, but somebody would be pointing out, I guess, what were we talking about? We think it's November, December, January, February. And now we're into March. So four months. Four months is not unrealistic for a uh, custom shop build uh, from GNL. So I think we're still in the in the green zone of acceptable. I, th I think the question for me would be six months, after six months. And so, you know, though, I've I've seen people wait you know, nine, 10 months for guitar, custom guitar. So it's not, it's not insane. So I'm still excited about it. Uh, okay. Next question. There was a couple other ones. Hold on. I had pinned a couple too. Hold on. Somebody had a question about Nope, I guess not. 
Uh, Damon wants to know what's my thoughts on the PRS SE semi hollow guitars. Um, you know, I haven't played. Uh, oh, well, I like the the Zach Myers one. That's really I like I said I when I think of semi hollows I think of the old one where it had the flat top. That one was pretty cool. But to me, when I think semi hollow now, I think the only one I've ever played is the Zach Myers. Love the Zach Myers. Sounds amazing. Uh, plays great. The satin finish on the neck, I, I actually dig. The neck's just really chunky, but you know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not uncomfortable, which is a big deal. You know, sometimes, sometimes if the neck's too thick, I don't like it, and sometimes if it's too thin, it doesn't feel right. But it's more of a comfort thing than the actual thickness. I don't really say like, oh yeah, this is. That's why I don't have like a specification for a neck thickness. Sometimes it's just the luck of the car. The car feels really good, and. Uh, Oh, Ian, Ian Carey. Ian says, "What's your thoughts on the new Harley Benton guitar amps?" I didn't know they. Well, I I didn't know they had new amps. Uh, I so you guys know one thing I was able to do this week is I sent a message out to uh, Tallman with a list of instruments that I'm interested in reviewing from Harley Benton. Uh, I requested it. We, we talked about this. Remember, we talked about doing some reviews reviews of Harley Benton. I requested to see if we could review uh, some of their acoustic guitars. I was really curious about their inexpensive solid top acoustics since I just did the Orangewood to, and I maybe do some comparisons to see because it's half the price of the Orangewood. Curious to see how that lines up. Uh, so I thought that was cool. And uh, asked to see uh, one of their toolkits. They have a toolkit that is half the price of any toolkit I've seen online for a quick like quick repair toolkit. So I asked uh, for that. I asked for one of their bass guitars because I figured some of you guys would be curious about bass guitars. They have a cool thin line kind of Godin A6-esque kind of guitar. And I thought, okay, let's check that one out. So I gave them a list of instruments that I'm interested in um, that I thought you would in be interested in. And I actually had to spend some time on the internet looking at YouTube reviews to see maybe what instruments have fell through the cracks. And uh, so I picked the ones I thought hadn't been seen yet. Uh, I thought that'd be fun. And then uh, we could talk on the uh, build quality. Also, uh, I thought we just some cool comparisons. The All right, I'm reading guys, I'm sorry. Oh, Dale wants to know, is the Morley Maverick my uh, favorite wall pedal still? Yes, yeah, it's on my board uh, right now. It's what it, uh, I really like it. Um, they have a new $99 Morley wall that's supposed to come out soon. And, uh, I'm curious to see how I like that against the Maverick. Cause I paid $99 for my Maverick when it came out, but it's still my favorite one. Uh, I don't know what it is. I got the new Steve I bad horsey two mini really, really like it a lot, but not as much as my Maverick. Uh, and the new Tremonti mini, I have that and I don't like it as much as my Maverick. It's weird how the Maverick just kind of fits this sweet spot for me. When I'm playing, I'm a real big Gary Hoey fan. And so when I play wah, I, I kind of like the Gary Hoey kind of wah style. And it, that pedal just seems to have a very Gary Hoey feel to it. Sound in the, in the sound, sonic spectrum. Because to me, it's like wahs, it's not about the spring thing because they're all spring loaded. It's the sweep. It's like too high or too low. If it gets too high, it gets shrill and it's too low, it gets muddy. No. <laughs> Sam Nelson says, how much is that floral gym in the background? I, I don't know. He's talking about this one. So you guys, I'll show you those on the podcast. I'm, I'm pointing to a, a Steve, I floral gym. I, I don't know. Uh, if I was guessing, uh, it's worth three grand. I would guess maybe more it's it's so, you know, it's a floral gym that is a hundred percent original, hundred percent non there's not a single, there's not even like a pick scratch on it. It's in perfect condition. They're almost, as you guys know, it's hard to find gyms like that. Um, uh, yeah, so it's mint, 
don't know. Could be worth twenty five hundred. I haven't looked in a while, so if you go on Reaver or eBay, you can kind of price them out. It's always worth what somebody's willing to pay. So that'd be my guess. So, uh, but I, 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 so I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't sell it if somebody offered me three grand. So how about that? So I know it's worth that to me because I wouldn't sell it for that. Uh, uh, whiskey, whiskey, whiskey Lima says, should I get an Axe Effects or a Kemper profile? This is a good question because I don't know the answer because I don't know which one I would get. I have the Helix because uh, Line 6 sent the Helix. I'm really enjoying the Helix. Uh, in fact, the Helix ended up costing me money. <laughs> so uh, the Helix, I ended up loving Dr. Interstate, which is the setting on the Helix. So I got a great suggestion for when it comes to modeling. I was asking somebody who's uh, who's really, really good at playing with these Axe FX uh, systems and Kemper systems. And I said, hey, could you give me one suggestion, something that would help me understand these, you know, what's the mistake everybody makes that you think? And their, their answer, which was fantastic, said, well, I think the mistake is everybody tries to model like 50 different amps and try to do all this stuff. And he's like, just find one great sound and then manipulate it. And so I went through the Helix and I, I was going through the sounds and I, I wasn't really paying attention to the names. I was just listening with my ears. Dr. Interstate became the sound I, I loved. And uh, so much so, uh, I just bought a used Dr. Z amp. So, but I don't have it yet. It um, I bought it. Uh, if you guys saw, follow me on Instagram or follow the Instagram, you'll see I put the picture of the amp. If you saw that day when I put the amp, uh, the, um, the um, Dr. Z amp, it's on hold. It's because it's used. It's It's got a basically clear pond. And, and where I live, uh, pond clearance is 20 days. So if you guys are familiar with that, it means when you trade something into a store, they have to run it through the police department to make sure it's not stolen. And that takes 20 days. So, and then after 20 days, as long as everything's okay, uh, even though I already bought it, I get to go pick it up. And if it's not okay, well, then they just refund my money. So I'm very excited about the Dr. Z amp. I was really in love with it. And uh, Dr. Z amps are something I was not able to try. And then loving the line six, I was like, I started looking at them more. So when I walked in and that amp, I, I think I, sometimes you got to believe in the, you know, the karma of it or whatever. Uh, what's funny was I actually went to buy a Rivera amp. Uh, somebody on the local Craigslist had a Rivera uh, pubster amp at a really good price. And uh, I said, yeah, I sent them an email. I said, I'd like to, to buy it. And they said, okay, meet me at the Guitar Center. And I went there and they stood me up. I waited 30 minutes and no one ever showed up. So I figured I'd go in the Guitar Center, went in there. There was the Dr. Z amp. <laughs> so, which is an amp I was actually more interested in it. So it worked out perfect for me. Oh, so, oh, so I'm just curious because this is interesting. Alba says he's got a three-day police hold at the Guitar Center in, in, in Chicago. Yeah, ours is 20 days, which is, so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm all for, you know, making sure stuff's not stolen and stuff, but that's a, that's a hardship. Yeah, see, uh, Tay Dardell, Tay Dardell says 30 days in Las Vegas. Yeah, I can imagine. That's a hard for a, uh, for a retailer to hold on to a product that they paid for for 30 days before they're allowed to sell it. It's tough, but you know, it has to be done to some degree. It used to be 14 days here. So it was 14. They just upped it to 20. Three scene sounds crazy. So in <laughs> Chicago, that's nuts. So uh bad Brad said you get my super chat. I did. Super chats are pinned, Brad. I'm gonna get to them and uh bad Brad, I'll get to them in just one second. In fact, it's a good time. We'll switch over. I try to hit both questions, but I 
uh, try to guarantee the super chats getting answered. Um, but I try not to answer all super chats because, you know, there's other questions and try to get around here. Uh, Matt uh, just did a beer fund. Hey, Matt, how's it going, buddy? Um, he's uh, he's my uh, he's my coffee buddy. Let's see. Uh, f uh, so thank you for the, for the beer fund. Tomorrow St. Patrick's Day. So obviously um, here is in my house is uh, St. Patrick's Day a big deal. We do a corned beef and cabbage on St. Patrick's Day. So uh, Matt Will says, hey, Phil, any advice uh, for a guitar player, guitar player getting into learning bass, gear, practice routines, etc." Yes. Um, you know, the best advice if you're a guitar player and you're switching to bass is uh, the the concept of bass is definitely a rhythm instrument. And I think that's one thing guitar players, uh, you know, everybody says that everybody needs to improve their rhythm. But bass players, it's almost impossible to, to be a good bass player without any kind of rhythm. So... It, guitar players i think when they're i think their instinct is scales get on the bass and play scales and that's important but really understanding rhythm uh and being in sync with drummers and metronomes with a, as a bass is very important so as a first step i would definitely not only recommend the metronome if you don't use one but definitely start trying to think that way that's the way you want to start thinking think i mean thinking in a rhythm sense instead of a melody sense and uh you'll you'll uh you'll be great the other thing too is really nice is um matt is uh find a bass player or a music a band that you love and uh and kind of emulate some of the stuff they're doing or especially if you're writing your own music kind of figure out where your inspirations for your music is try to find the inspiration for that bass player and try to do that so there's uh there's a lot of good uh, good logic in that that's the way it's always good it doesn't work any different for bass than guitar in that way just find the people you like and try to emulate what they're doing uh, Bad Brad, there's your there's a super chat. It says, just bought a Les Paul at Guitar Center, standard mahogany. Does this limited run guitars hold their value? Still wondering if I made a good purchase. Uh, yeah, I think so. The I understand what you're saying. He's got the standard mahogany model. And um, they do hold their value because uh, three years ago, two and a half years ago, I did a video. What would I buy if I bought a Les Paul for 500 bucks or what, I, what, what, what is the Sam Ash one? It's the one where I said, what would I buy if I bought something for 500 bucks? And I went into Sam Ash and I bought a Les Paul and I got it for 400 bucks. And to this day, I love all the comments. Everybody's like $400 for a Les Paul standard, you know, right? Tribute. Uh, yeah. What a scam video. They're $800. Well, they are now. <laughs> when I, when I bought that, uh, when I bought that Les Paul, it was funny when that video came out, it's got like 1.3 million views now. And the reason it had so many views is because everybody's shocked with the deal I got. But when the video came out, we, I could tell you exactly. I paid $400 for that Les Paul um, tribute. At that time, they were going all day on eBay, 500 bucks, just all day. So when I got the deal, I was like, whoa, 100 bucks off, right? That's a great deal. Uh, now they're $900 all day long. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, they go up. I think sometimes the cheaper Gibsons tend to go up even more so than the more expensive Gibsons in the idea that you can only expect to pay so little for a Gibson. You know, no one's expecting to pay $300 for a Gibson Les Paul or any kind of Gibson. So I, I think it's a good idea. And sadly enough, uh, it's just the rule of the land. Fenders and Gibsons t have, have historically held value, will probably continue to hold value. The only argument I've heard that's valid that I think is interesting argument is, you know, in 20 years, what if the new next generation doesn't care? Well, that's true, and that can happen. Do you know what I mean? A perfect example is like this gym, you know, the gym. Uh, I think that was $1,000 new when they came out. In fact, I know for a fact that gym right there 
was $1,000 new because my buddy, my buddy Joe bought it brand new. And the funny thing about that guitar is he bought it from Bizarre Guitar, which is a store here in Phoenix for $1,000. I actually went to go buy it and uh, he's the one that got it. So now look at it later. So, so things can go up in value, but generally speaking, uh, will somebody still want this in 20 years? I don't know. All right. Uh, now we got the convert says, Hey, I have an Epiphone Sheraton and with a switch problem. Yeah. Neck pickup intermittent. Is there a trick to pulling, uh, and reinstalling the wiring, etc., on the 335? No, you have to, for the switch, you have to yank it all through the F holes and then bring it back all through. Uh, it's a, it's a pain. However, I will tell you, although on Epiphones, that's one of my, my, one of my complaints, especially on the hollow bodies is they use cheap switches and cheap output jacks. Um, but if it was me, before I would go through the headache of all that, I would shoot deoxid in there and see what happens. A can of deoxid is something that every guitar player has. I was trying to upload a deoxid video on Instagram today, and it's not working for some reason. Uh, so I'll, once I get that fixed, I'll put that up today. But it's a quick how to use the deoxid to, to clean potentiometers. And uh, But uh, for the switch, uh, use deoxid, clean that out, see what happens. Um, if you don't have deoxid, you can get uh, go to your local auto store or hardware store and get... Uh, uh, electronic contact cleaner that'll work the same way I, i've had good luck with that i prefer the deoxid it's a little i don't know a little easier i like the the trigger on the top it has different settings for high low and medium but it all works the same just screw uh, squirt a ton of that in there clean it all out do that so uh, and if you're lucky it'll fix all your problems and you don't have to worry about pulling all that stuff out of there okay let's go back to a non-pen question hold on a second how are we doing on time we're doing great. Okay. I'm talking to myself now. Uh, hold. You guys, all right. Some, some of you guys are just commenting back and forth. So let me go back to a pin question so we can keep this flowing. Sometimes we got to keep it flowing. Uh, we have the next question came from Sean Brown. Hey, Sean says happy birthday. <laughs> this is his thing. Okay. Sir, uh, sir, uh, Henderson versus Anderson icon classic. Um, I don't know. I'm going to do, uh, I'll say, you know what? The sir Henderson, that's my pick of those two. Uh, Justin, maybe, Hey, Justin, what's up, buddy? Did, I hope you got your yo-yos. Um, Justin, uh, he, he got a lot of yo-yos. <laughs> that's, that's the easiest way to say that. It says, hey, Phil, have you done any four-way, uh, five-way switch mods on the Telecaster T-style guitars? I installed the Emerson four-way switch and a Seymour Duncan quarter pounder uh, set in my telly, and I got the sound I was looking for. Yeah, the four-way switch. I've never really installed a five-way switch on a telly. Um, not that I recall, but I've done the four way switch many times and, uh, it adds to obviously the, 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 the fourth position, uh, what it is, is it puts the two out of phase. Isn't that what it does? Somebody ref ref refresh my memory in the comments. Um, but I've installed it. You know what it is? I've never installed it in any of my guitars. It's just something that people have brought in and I've installed it in their guitars and just, you know, <laughs> I think for me, I'm really in the Telecaster. I've always loved the bridge pickup for that bright, punchy tone and the middle position. So I, I just don't know, you know, but I would, uh, I would imagine it's got a cool, cool voicing. Let's look in the comments. 
see what you guys put as soon as I get back to that screen. Oh, okay, yeah. So Jim says fourth is two in series. Okay. Yeah, it's a series. All right. Um, puts pickups in series. Good. You guys are on it. Oh, well, uh, William Nelson says, how do you like your Vibralux compared to your Princeton Reverb? They're different. You know, when I bought the Vibralux, I was thinking, wow, it's a 210, it's 35 watts. It's going to be like a Princeton kind of vibe. To me, they're totally different amps in, in the way that they feel and, and play. Um, so, you know, the Vibralux, what I was after when I bought the Vibralux is, uh, I like the Vibralux, but I love the basement. And I want, I had a 59 basement. I sold it. Um, I think about getting one all the time. And the problem is, is why I sold it. I sold it because it was loud. It was just so loud. Um, and this has the, on the first channel, has the basement mod on it. And it has the 210. So I want to see if it reacted the same way basement does. It does. It's got a couple like kind of basement kind of crunch uh, vibe. So I use uh, a boost pedal in front of it. In fact, I've been using the, the, uh, Lawrence Petros Saguaro pedal, um, which I'm borrowing this right now. So it's, it's going to go to a, to a viewer. Um, and, um, anyways, I, uh, I was using this just right in front of that channel and it sounds amazing. So that's different to me. So the question is, how do I like compare the Princeton Princeton? They're totally different amps. They're just totally different. So, uh, I wouldn't say get one or the other, uh, you know, it's like, it's not a, this is better than that. It's this, these are two different kind of feeling and sounding amps that you would want. So Tim says, what's the song of the week? You know, I don't know. I didn't pick a song this week cause I was out of town all week. It was a crazy thing. That's what's tough. My plan next week is to kind of plan out a bunch of the live shows. I thought I was going to be, uh, it was a possibility I was going to have the live show yesterday, but Nope. Like I said, I didn't get here until 3 a.m. Oh, uh, Paul wants to know if I've ever tried a Lace Illuminatone pickup, the Illumitone pickup. Yeah, yeah, I did. I loved them. Uh, I had a set in a Strat. So uh, some people really just don't like them. I thought they sounded clear and sparkly, and I thought about putting them in that uh, old England guitar. That's one of the pickups that I've been thinking about sticking in the old England guitar. The Solar guitar video is done, and uh, it's a comparison video against another one. And so in that, I'm asking the audience for suggestions for pickups. But that's one of the ones I mentioned in the video that I was thinking about doing. Don't feed gangplank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a name. Don't feed gangplank. A K says, I love your content, dude. Uh, you've taught me a lot. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. It's always nice to hear that stuff. Uh, feels good. Feels good that, uh, you know, we have this kind of cool, cool community going. So let me do a, uh, a pin question. Let me go back and let me refresh this. How are we doing? We're doing perfect on time too, by the ways. Uh, Says, uh, stupid fingers. Oh, what a great name. Because <laughs> that's the thing you say all the time. It's like stupid fingers. Do the chord. Do what you're supposed to do. Anyways, it says, uh, hey, Phil, I want to put a Bigsby on an early 90 Samic Epiphone Sheraton. Okay. Uh, so I'm assuming when you say uh, Samic Epiphone Sheraton, you just mean it's like an old 90s made in Korea by Samic Epiphone Sheraton. That's what I'm assuming. So I'll go from that. Um it says, uh, so I'm looking to put roller bridge on it. Uh, hard to find anything that fits. Any suggestions? 
you know, I don't know because I'm not familiar with the spacing on that guitar. If it's any different than, than any other Epiphone, I don't think it would be. So there should be a roller bridge that's spaced for the Epiphone spacing on that bridge. You know what? That's a, it's not only a good question, but it's an interesting it's interesting because uh, it makes me wonder. There's usually for that stuff, you think there's a resource, but there's not. You'll end up going in forums and making yourself crazy. Um, so if you're going to put the Bigsby on it, because I know your pro the problem. See, to me, the problem with the roller bridge is it's those posts. Those posts are going to be totally different, and you want to match them up. In the past, I've always just plugged and redrilled holes. I mean, this is how you do it sometimes. Hmm. If anyone has, this is especially an important question. If anyone has any suggestions, let's see. Let me go. I don't want to skip. I don't want to skip the question yet. I want to stay on this topic. Okay. Let's see. Um, okay. The difference is that one is a strictly limited edition made from a limited supply of reclaimed wood. Oh, I hope that's somebody's talking about what we're talking about. Otherwise, I'm getting confused. Somebody said a machine shop. Richard says I never answer his question. That's well, Richard. You know, you just got to repost it, man. There's 600 people, and I'm trying try to get to them all. Um, oh, okay. Scott me M- 50 uh, He's got an interesting. He says measure from the outside to the outside on the bridge post. Subtract six millimeters. That will give you center to center. Yes, but how does that help him find the part? That is a great. That's a great suggestion. Um, but the question of the day is, you know, okay, here's what I'm looking for. Ocular pro says he bought a roller bridge for his casino off eBay. So, okay. Try looking it up on eBay because the casino would have the same spacing as the bridge on your guitar because this, it should, like I said, it, I mean, I don't think Samick did it any differently than the new specifications, the newer bridges. So it's just Epiphone has its own kind of measurements over Gibson, which is important. So that's a good one. We'll go with that one. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, be, no problem, Ben Mazi. That's a... Uh, yeah, and then and Scott ME50 saying eBay has many with that measurements. Perfect. That's where you go, eBay. So that's, I see, I love when the community comes through. Um, you guys are awesome. The, uh, so the answer to your question, uh, stupid fingers is check eBay. They, they'll have your parts there. So, and putting a, a big speed with a roller bridge will be pretty cool on the Sheraton. Uh, I think that's a cool matchup. Uh, Altoid 84 says, thanks for all you do. Uh, appreciate that. It says, uh, which Ibanez did you say you're looking to get? I just got the AZ, uh, ARZ 400 and I love it. Best fretwork I've ever felt. Um, the one I'm looking at getting is the uh, AZ. Let's look at the model. Hold on a second, guys. It's blue. You know, I played one of the Indonesian ones and I loved it, but it's the color I want. I didn't notice if, uh, in fact, the one I played was uh, uh, like a sunburst. Hold on. Let's find it. I'll share it with you guys. So uh, it's the AZ 2 AZ2402, because, of course, you can't just have a name. you got to have to sign it. That's the one I'm interested in, um, and it's expensive, and that's why I was thinking about getting the Made in Indonesia one over the Japanese one, but uh, I absolutely here. Let me screen share. I absolutely love this color. 
There you go. This is it. It's got the hefty price tag, but oh, so, so beautiful. Love that color. Um, I'm, I'm not a fancy wood person. So if you, you know, if you notice most of my guitars are just painted, I just like paint. Um, you know, it's just not something I'm into. So it's, it's, uh, I love the idea. If it came in other colors, I'd probably pick other colors, but I love that blue because it's pretty cool. All right, next question says, hey, Phil, have you ever seen, or sorry, this is from Brendan. Brendan says, hey, Phil, have you ever seen John Five play? Yeah, yeah, just saw him uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I saw him Thursday and he was unbelievable. I built him a, a cigar box guitar and gave it to him. Uh, he loved it. Yeah, Brendan, I saw uh, I saw him play just the, uh, not last week because this, this week I was just in California, the week previous, uh, he was in town. And uh, oh, of course, amazing, amazing player. So I, uh, I love his new song Zoinks uh, with the slapping on the guitar with the uh, envelope filter. In fact, um, that's done with the, the uh, he uses the uh, dynamic boss wah pedal, which shocked me because he's, you know, I thought he'd use some kind of other envelope filter. And uh, so I got one of those used, picked it up real good deal and checked it out. It's really good. So yeah, uh, if you guys know who John five is, definitely check out John five. Jeez. Uh, amazing player on every level. Uh, Cheddar Kung Pao says, Hey, congratulations on 45 million viewers, uh, our views. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I posted that, I think just on the, uh, Facebook, I didn't post anywhere else, but yeah, this week we hit 45 million views on the channel. That's a, that's a pretty big milestone. Um, I'm really excited about it because that's, it seems like an astronomically huge number, <laughs> right? I mean, 45 million people, uh, watching a video and it's 45 million guitar players. I mean, not individual guitar players, you get the idea. It's like, it's a lot of people. So, um, and maybe it adds, you know, some tension. Maybe it makes me like, ah, maybe I have to do a better job. Thank you, Cheddar. I appreciate that, man. Uh, Jay Harvard says, Hey, Phil, I'm starting to teach. Uh, oh, he said tech, not tech, not teach. He's starting to tech on his own guitars. My tools, etc., are uh, starting to become unwieldy and deorganized. How do you organize uh, your setup, uh, tech maintenance gear, uh, efficient storage? So um, I did a video for, and I used Tacklebox. And so I highly recommend that if you're doing small setups at home, get yourself a tackle box. Tackle boxes are great. Uh, I'll link in the video, uh, this video. Uh, so I do use tackle boxes for all the small jobs and having stuff like that. Otherwise I use a rolling toolbox and I'm not really, I have stuff hanging on pegboard like everybody does, but the majority of my tools are actually in toolboxes. And I don't know why that is. I don't know. I can't really, I, I could, I could tell you like, Oh, it's from the army days and keeping stuff in your toolbox, you know, kind of thing. It's not, it's really just, I, I like, I don't mind that I have to open the drawer every time to get something. I just like having it in the toolbox. So I keep all my tools in toolboxes. The only tools I keep hanging on the pegboard, um, is some of the general tools that are just not, you know, that they're not that important, but more importantly, uh, it's mostly aesthetics for me. I just put them up there cause I have pegboard everywhere in the shop, but I, I really like having my tools in a toolbox. I feel like they're safer in there. I feel like I, I am more organized that way. Um, and it's easier to just put stuff away. So that's what I use. And then, uh, hold on, Michael, I'll get to your question a second. I want to get a non, non chat. What do they call the cha super chat? They changed it, right? It was super chat. Now it's like super duper chat. <laughs> So, uh, 
Uh, Aaron says, yeah, they don't get dusty. Yeah, uh, that's another thing. I mean, there's a ton of reasons why I like the toolbox. I have two big toolboxes. I keep all my stuff in toolboxes. I just like it that way. Uh, let's see. Hey, Tony, what's up? Tony uh, Goyburn says, happy Saturday, Phil. Ordered a Harley Benton DC 580 CH uh, vintage series. Uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a rundown when I get it and play it for a bit. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'd like to know the Harley Benton's uh, definitely like definitely a, a brand that is just growing and growing. And, uh, I, you know I mean? And so it, I can understand why a lot of us keep looking at it. So uh, yes. And, and, and importantly, what I really, what I care about when it comes to these inexpensive guitars is that you need almost as many reviews as possible now because the problem is, is a lot of inexpensive guitars, what I see is everybody goes online and they're all great. But then when you look at the private reviews, the majority, like 60, 70% are horrible. They're reviews. So, so let's see. Norman says, oh, you put up a video the other day and took it down. Uh, well, I didn't do that actually. I wasn't in town. So what happened was I assigned all the tasks this week to somebody else and they were a little confused. It happens. <laughs> so they put up the wrong video so there's a uh i'm doing an unboxing i'm doing a uh, building a 59 tweed kit i think we talked about this on the show um you know uh Stu max sent it to me to to build and i did an unboxing because i went online and i go oh there was never an unboxing in other words i didn't see any unboxings of the dui kits so i said let's do that um what happened was it was supposed to go to the patrons and they gave it to the main the main channel it's uh the videos go to patrons first that's just how i do it the videos so i give the video to the patron it's not a sneak peek believe it or not the patrons get to see the videos because sometimes they'll point out the flaws in the videos uh which is what i'm after you know like hey here's a sneak peek any suggestions and then from the comments i can go okay yeah let's change that so that video needed to go to them so he gave it to the main channel so it had to come off and then he, he took it off and i would have told him the problem was um, like I said, I was, I was, I was on vacation. So I was at a, a Disney park. So I had no way to know what happened. Uh, so what happened was if he took it down and put the right video up, I would have just said, keep the video up, uh, since it was out. Um, but it's, and then once the other video got up, so it got messy. It's okay. It was my first time trying this. It was like, Hey, could I delegate some of this stuff off? Uh, so I could, uh, uh, not stare at my phone <laughs> when I'm supposed to be hanging out with the family. So so anyways, uh, back to uh, that. Uh, the video went today to uh, patrons uh, because I know because I released it to them. And so you guys should see it on Monday. There you go. All right. And what else do we got? Oh, now there's a lot of comments. Hold on a second. There's almost 700 of us. What are you guys doing on a Saturday? Hanging out with me and talking guitars? That's crazy. All right. So we have, here's a question. It says, hold on. Okay. It's Michael. Sorry, Michael. I didn't get to your question. Let's get to your question now. So Michael says, what's the difference about the new PRS CE24 semi hollow from the reclaimed version? Uh, what do you think drives the price difference? Uh, have you seen the Sweetwater AZ? Uh, yes. So, so I'm gonna answer out of order. Yes. I've seen the Sweetwater AZ. That's, uh, so obviously I, uh, we just looked at that. Um, what's the difference? Well, the reclaims I think were way, way underpriced, which is great because that's why they're overpriced now. They were 1400 new, right? And, um, uh, I, I paid 14 for mine used 
and now they're like two grand or more for used. So they they really should have put the reclaim higher, but their logic was they got the wood the reclaim wood so cheap that's what made the price lower. They're essentially the same guitar. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, PRS makes a C twenty four, which is a custom twenty four bolt on uh, American made guitar that is semi hollow now, and it's like twenty two hundred dollars. But you could buy the reclaims when they were new for fourteen. So. Yeah, it stinks. Uh, and but the logic now, of course, the reason why the semi hollow is the price they are is because a regular one is two grand. So for two hundred bucks more, you get a semi hollow. The reclaims were just a smoking deal for everybody who bought one. Uh, they all know they they got one dirt cheap, and um, now they're they're over two grand. And that's another thing too. Now that the reclaims are over two grand, uh, PRS isn't going to sell. That's what happens when the, that's kind of like my point when all this stuff happens, like the back to the, the pink pedal that's worth $500. Once people start getting crazy money for it used, nobody's going to make it new for less than that. Uh, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> Rock and roll. Bruno says just tipping my guitar tender. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, okay. It says, uh, Bob Crowley. Hey Bob, what's up buddy? Uh, says, Hey Phil, congratulations on 45 million views. Thank you, buddy. Uh, says just thanks for teaching me the skills to have the confidence to buy a brand new custom 24 s uh, se and then basically gutting it uh learned a lot from you yeah you know, <laughs> yeah it's sometimes sometimes doing these uh videos i don't know if i'm helping or hurting the situations right um it seems definitely when i meet a lot of you guys in person i love hearing that y'all have a project right now but it's I go, it's great. And then sometimes I go, oh, maybe I am causing everybody to just like rip guitars apart. Maybe we should stop. But I'm not because I love doing it. So, um, but I'm glad, Bob. And I'm glad you're doing it, man. I, I love hearing that probably more than anything else. That's the nicest compliment. So, you know, the nicest compliment Stu Mac ever gave me or any I ever got from anybody was Stu Mac who said, um, they said that they, when they talk to the viewers of this channel, the one thing that keeps coming up is, is the starting point that this is where a lot of people go, Hey, you know what it, uh, he, I, I take some of the fear away, uh, from starting. And, um, that's the point. A lot of times when I make the videos, it's not to teach you guys how to do the repair. I figure there's enough videos out there doing that, but it sometimes it's hopefully get somebody excited to start it. Um, and, uh, that's what I kind of, I look at it. Like I said, I, I said this before, it's like Bob Vila, right? It's like, I, he's not really showing you how to fix the house, but he's showing you how to start what you need to look at. So I don't know. That's how I look at it. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate that. Tim Smith, uh, Tim Smith says, what do you think of American made PV Odyssey guitars? I uh, bought this 25 years ago and sold it to my guitar teacher. Just bought it back. Plays great. I, I you know what? I think what's going to happen is eventually like every industry, uh, the car industry, everybody, um, the, the PV, I'll just say it this way, PV American made stuff, which had no value for a long time, will eventually all start going up in value. We see that in the T-Series now. And the reason is, is because um, as the Fender goes up, as the Gibson goes up and gets silly and silly priced, right? Once you see, you know, like a 59 Les Paul, half a million dollars or whatever it is, a quarter million dollars. Once you see something like that, you know what I mean? That's that's not real to anybody. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, let's, you know what I mean? Nobody's paying a quarter of a million dollars for a Les Paul. I mean, when I say nobody, I mean... The majority, the majority was not doing that. So getting yourself a, uh, you know, a 73 Strat for four grand now or three grand or whatever they're going for now, uh, you know, it's, that's getting, becoming impractical for an instrument. So I think you're going to see people get, uh, you know, kind of vintage PV guitars and vintage other American made and Japanese branded guitars from back in the day, because they're going to be great. They're built well, they're cool. They have a cool nostalgia vibe to them. 
and they're unique because they don't make them anymore. So, and PV is actually probably the most unique American made products because they don't make any American products anymore. So it's not like, it's not like Fender where, you know, you could still buy products that are made like the old, uh, you know, if you buy a sixties era Strat, you can still buy a American made reissue 60 Strat. You could argue all day that they're not as good as they used to be. You could be right. I don't, I don't really attest to that. What I attest to is you, but you could buy that. You know what I mean? You can't buy a, a new PV Odyssey guitar. You can't buy a PVT 38. You know what I mean? You can't buy those guitars anymore. So they are unique. The ones that have them are the ones that have them. So the only thing with PV for me is man, it's hard to find PVs that don't weigh a ton. So that's where I kind of lose a little bit of my excitement for the PV stuff. But other than that, I think they're great stuff. Uh, Shawnee is a Cubs fan. Uh, says, hey, Phil, should I get a Mesa Rectiverb 25 head? Uh, I tried it at the store the other day and blown away by it. Cheers from Chicago. I had the Rectiverb 25 head, if you guys recall. Uh, definitely when the channel started, that was one of the first amps I had. I had the Rectiverb 25 and had the Mark V Mini. I ended up selling the Rectiverb 25 head. I don't regret that selling that guitar, that amp, although I did love everything about that amp. It just, for me, became, I have the Rectiverb and I had the, the Mark V, and I felt like... I was never going to play both. I was only going to play one. So I, I ended up going to the Mark V Mini uh, for, but it was so slight of what I liked about the Mark V Mini more. So I can honestly say I really liked the Rectiverb 25 head. I didn't get rid of it because I didn't like it. I got rid of it because, like I said, it was just redundant to have two amps that I thought were in the same category. So it's a great amp. Definitely would put that, I would put this, I'd put the Rectiverb 25 in my top, some of my top $1,000 amps uh, for sure. So. Uh, I have, I have two Friedman amps, as you guys know, and I love them and I wish they had reverb, but they don't. And, it, but the Rectiverb, man, it sounded, it sounded fantastic. Okay. So on that note, let's go to unpin question. Hold on. Let me jump screens. How are we doing on time? We're about there. And I lost you guys. There you are. <laughs> okay. What are we talking about? Let's go on the. Oh, this is cool. Blimpa says, Phil, do you use different picks to play different guitars? Uh, no, I don't. Um, so this came up, this came up, uh, where was I at? It wasn't a patron hang. It was something. And this came up. It's an interesting story. So here's an interesting story. I thought I didn't use a pick until I started doing YouTube videos. <laughs> I, I used a pick sometimes in the store when I was demoing for a customer. And I would just use a pick, but I I'm not really a pick player. I use my fingers, uh, mostly because I play bass. But when I play guitar, I kind of mimic bass on the guitar. And so what happened was I, I felt this compulsion. I better learn to get a pick, you know, use a pick. So um, the picks I use, I use the Dava picks and I use these, uh, the prime tones, right? Yeah, let's do that, prime tones. Those are the two picks I use 90% uh, of the time if I use picks. And when I'm not doing YouTube demos, generally I don't use a pick at home. I, I will just, I, I, I catch myself all the time. I pick up a guitar and I just don't use a pick. Um, but I do collect picks and I have an extension collection picks. Have you guys watched the pick of the day, which is something I do on Instagram. I show you guys different picks every day or a couple of picks a week. And because um, I have this extensive pick collection, but the pick collection is just more of my curiosity of picks. So I don't use different picks because I, I, even though I think there's so many interesting things about picks, I also think that there's something really cool about being comfortable with the pick you use. And especially for me, because it was something I had to fight. Um, 
I had to fight it because um, for a while, in fact, uh, in the early videos, you would see when I was holding the pick, the pick would just spin because I was using, I would have to get through the video with the pick spinning, especially the early videos when I didn't know how to edit anything. So everything was one shot, one take. Yeah, see, and then uh, uh, JG Mopar says, I bought the uh, the pick, the pick kit, which was the pick packs that I did a while ago. And it was awesome. Yeah. The pick packs were awesome. Um, the, uh, the, if you guys remember, that's old school when the channel started, we did these cool things called pick packs. We talk about bringing that back again. The reality was it, it's not the pick packs. It's the, my family, <laughs> the wife and kids were putting those together for you guys. And, uh, and uh, so I have to talk them into that kind of stuff because they end up doing that stuff for like, you know, two weeks straight. That's all they do is pack pick packs and go. Uh, and it was cool. So. Oh, and E.R. E. Webster says he loves to pick uh, the, the Dava picks. He sells the ones I sent him. Awesome. That's great. I like I said, I love them. And where I got these from. So, you know, Larry, uh, Larry Mitchell, that's what he uses is Davas. And he had me one one day. And that's really actually it's funny. Uh, the pick I used before that was the Eddie Van Halen pick. And that's because I got one of those free at an Eddie Van Halen thing. And so I started using those. And then same with the prime tones. The picks literally somebody just gave me a pick and I would just start using it. And that's how I kind of did it. Okay. So what do we got? There's 700 of us. And let's do a couple more questions before we go. So. Sent, and that way everybody can get ready for St. Patrick's Day. Like I said, we um, I'm excited for it because it's on a weekend, which is always nice. Okay, that being said, hold on. What do we got? The dog paw says, all I use now are V-Picks. Try them. You'll see. I have V-Picks. They're awesome. Vinny is a great guy. Great company, great picks. Um the it gets tricky for me uh with picks because i there's i mean you can't have every pick but i mean i a, a thousand different picks uh i did it maybe i did a video on that i don't know if not maybe i should do a video on that so uh daniel crow says dude i want picks more than a uh, t-shirt oh well we have picks now i just don't uh we haven't put them for sale we have picks that say sharp on your axe on one side and, and know your gear on the other side so i haven't seen them I just know we have them because I got the notification that they were delivered uh, to my uh, mail service. So uh, I, they're there. Somebody signed for them. So I just have to pick them up. And then we'll see them. I'll show them on next week's show. And then maybe we can put them out for sale. I, I was thinking about adding, I think it was about doing, doing a pick and sticker pack kind of thing. I don't know. Something it's again, it just has to make sense for shipping, right? It's just, it's all about making it uh, so, um, you know, easy. Father Rock says a thousand picks are ridiculous. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I agree. The reason I have so many picks is I used to travel and visit music stores like crazy. I'm actually doing that again now. And so when I go in the stores, I would just buy a different pick everywhere I went. I would buy a pick just to try it. You know what I mean? Just to see, and mostly just to patronize the store. You know what I mean? In fact, I can tell you 90% of the picks I have are just because I walked in the store and I would check out some gear and I felt like it was you know, you want to toss a couple bucks their way, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you can only buy so many packs of strings. So I'd buy picks and stuff. Just at least if you could give them a couple of bucks, you know, just each time you visit a store, it was always, it's always something. Yep. The graph tech picks, somebody's talking about graph tech picks. I have those too. They're great. 
You know what the uh, uh, JG Mopar says? The prime tone picks sound great with his acoustic. He didn't think picks made a difference. I, I definitely think picks make a difference in the way they sound, uh, for sure, without a doubt. Uh, makes a huge difference in your sound. Um, says, what's your name on Instagram? I'll put a link when I do the index. It should just be Philip McKnight, although I say that. And um, okay, ready? It is, yeah, Philip underscore McKnight is the Instagram. And that's how you get to that. And I've been putting more videos. In fact, I'm putting a lot of videos on Instagram right now that are like one minute videos that are fun. And then Adam Shaver says he does the same thing. He goes to stores uh, and cables or picks. Yeah, same thing. I just, uh, you know what it is? I just, I used to buy picks just because, and I still do it just because, you know, again, trying to patronize the business, try to give them some money for, you know, the time that it takes for you to walk around and look at gear. So, and it's a lot cheaper than buying <laughs> gear, uh, you know. Okay. And I want to make sure I didn't miss any of the chats. Hold on. And I don't think I did. Let me scan them real quick, guys, before we we're good. All right. On that note, let's do the last question because we just went over the hour. And what's the question? Okay. So here's a question. I don't know what the question is. I want to read it because it's long. It says, uh, I think it's Marlello. 237 says, have you ever found any difference in the build quality of amplifiers when you, when first released versus later production run, getting excited about the Freeman JJ 20, uh, debating on whether to jump on it, right, uh, right on it. Um, the, 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 the story, the answer to that is easy. Yes. There has been changes to amps. I have noticed that over the years that you get an amp and then uh, when it first comes out, it's one kind of quality. And then over time it either gets better or worse. Um, that happens all the time. Uh, you know, the story that comes to mind the most, kind of most, is the original 50-watt EVH heads, the, right? I remember the first batch. The very first batch of 50-watt Eddie Van Halen heads were made in Vietnam. And um, they were great. I didn't see, I didn't have any issues with the ones I, I tried. But uh, what happened was shortly thereafter, they moved the production to, to Mexico. And uh, there was all kinds of stories about maybe the, the factory in Vietnam burned down or something like that. There was no uh, official announcement of why it happened. But so if you have a EVH 50 watt head and it says made in Vietnam, it's because you got the very first batch. But then after that, they're all made in Mexico. So, yes, there is all kinds. And there's situations like that I could probably just keep going on, you know, about the different times where the Empire either started and they changed specifics in the Empire or the country of origin where it's manufactured. So, yeah, that can happen. Um, but if you're looking for a reason, just to get the jj20 um i can tell you this at the show it sounded fantastic it's a great amp uh you know it's cool uh i have a runt 20 and i that's what i'm thinking about doing is man i just think about getting the jj20 so the um the thing is i was gonna see if i could reach out to those guys and see if they'd get me to send me a jj20 review and then a b it against the runt so that'd be cool but uh uh and then if i liked it i figured i'd sell the runt and then buy the jj and you know, if I didn't like it, I'll keep the run and then I can send the other one back and that would be a way we could all check it out. Uh, the Freeman guys are really cool. So maybe that's something we can do. I don't know. Uh, but I know the amps new, so I didn't want to put, uh, you know, I didn't want to put any requests, you know, to them to send me anything, uh, when I'm sure they got to make the, the customer demand first. Um, but something like that, if you're interested in like that, put that in the comments, if that's something you'd be interested in seeing a review of, I, I really loved it at the show. 
Okay. And the last question comes from Roberto Reyes. He says, hey, Phil, looking to buy my first Telecaster, blonde or butterscotch finished, used. Do you have a recommendation, made in Mexico or USA made? Uh, I am. I really like the made in Mexico butterscotch finish uh, player series Telecaster. Um, I, I really did enjoy those. I really liked I had a made in Mexico standard butterscotch telecaster. That would definitely be one I regretted getting rid of. And so, you know, on that one, even though I love the USA ones, the professional one is fantastic as well. You'll never be, you'll never regret buying a USA one. That's what's, that's, what's great about the USA made fenders. You know, you can argue that the made in Mexico ones are just as good or that you'll be just as happy. And I would say, I would agree. But what I can tell you is if you decide to step up to made in Mexico or made in USA one, you'll never go, wow, and I wish I saved the money and just bought the Mexico one. Um, but that's great. But if you buy the Mexico one, uh, you'll never go, oh man, I, this doesn't play as good or is it not as great as the American one, but you will always kind of wish that you, you went for the USA made one. So that's the, that's the logic I use. Um, but they both make great guitars and I have both. That's why I said it's easy for me because I don't even, I don't have to tell you like only buy USA or, or buy made in Mexico. I have each and I like both. So, uh, Justin Mays says I, he has the made in Mexico FSR, which is the Fender special run, uh, butterscotch telly. And, uh, it's, it, he likes it obviously. So yeah, I, I would definitely, definitely say, Either way, you're safe. It's just it's just a comfort issue of the funds, man. You just have to decide if you're ready to 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 spend more for the USA one. You know what I mean? There you go. On that note, on that note, I'm gonna call it. Before I go, I just want to say uh, something. This week was cool. We got a new uh, supporter for the online show, Derek Miller. Uh, he is uh, my newest patron for this side. The the super patrons is what we call them. We should probably just call them that too. There's patrons, but the super patrons pay crazy amount of money to make sure the live show happens. Which is why, even though I got here at three o'clock in the morning last night, we made sure we did one on Saturday. I make sure I do the live show every week because the patrons support the live show so it's i feel horrible if i don't get it done and uh i want to thank them all for that and real quick uh, a shout out to the rest of them of course jeff house zachary rowe michael newman bruce and the saltwater whiskey band hannah gunson john Jex, michael shy justin mabe david madison andrew good andy dennis anthony desposito billy robinson bob crosley bob pickwode brian stewart carlos patillo chuck keen chief squatch chris from new mexico chris glaze craig parker dave reese dennis prescott uh, Aaron uh, Kemiker, uh, Gary Marshall, Greg Peterson, Jason Spacek, James Biles, Joe Watson, Joe Ru John Russell, not Joe, John Russell, Jonathan Pickering, Joseph McCarthy, Kermit Jackson, Larry Colkin, Lawrence Petros, of course, from LPD Pedals, Lonnie Hoke, Michael Lindner, Muse guitarist. Uh, and uh, thank you, by the way, Muse guitarist, for everything you're doing, uh, hooking up. Uh, some kids getting some guitars and some, uh, some strings and stuff. Uh, I, I got to get back to those emails to you, but I just want to do a special shout out to you for, for, for going over and beyond on that stuff. Paul Ostrick, Lewis and Alvaro from pedal pal effects, Ricky Robinson, Robert Hodges, Sam Oram, Scott Tompkins, Steve Hogan, Tim Camacho, Tim Farnsworth, Todd flowers and zesty basil pizza. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you so much. And uh, like I said, they make this happen every week and uh, they support the channel and I appreciate them for doing that. I appreciate you guys for hanging out, especially if you hang out to the end of that list, because that means you guys are even super more diehard than than ever before. And uh, thank you guys. I will see you this week. Look for Monday's video, which is the uh, the uh, 
Teed Tweed Tweed. It's a Teed. It's the Tweed 59 Tweed unboxing. That kit is happening, uh, and I'm excited about that, plus some other cool videos coming your way. And as always, thank you guys so much for your time. And until next week, tell your gear.